Welcome to the Dell Technologies Healthcare Power Chat podcast series, where you hear from the experts about healthcare technologies. Hello, everyone. Bruce Hall here, and welcome to another Dell Healthcare Power Chat. And today we're going to get into IoT, or the Internet of Things within healthcare. And our guest is Mr. Michael Knight, who's the global CTO for Dell Technologies Industry Edge and IoT. How are you doing today, Michael? I'm doing very well, Bruce. Thanks for having me. Thanks very much for being on the podcast. Could we start with a little bit of your background, please? Yeah, sure. I have a uh, interesting connection to technology. Started out believing that I was going to uh, be a doctor and go through pre-med. And then I uh, had a very smart lady, my mother, look at me and say, you know, I think there's something going on with this technology thing. So I embarked on that path instead and spent a number of years in enterprise IT. And then 19 years on the partner side in various roles from CIOs to CTOs and even running a few systems integrators and managed service providers. And so really my background is kind of across the the stack working with different types of ecosystem partners, varied customers and verticals. And at the end of the day, just making sure that those customers get what they need. Well, we're obviously glad you chose that technology path. And once again, great to have you on the podcast. I'd like to start with an IoT management philosophy question, if you don't mind. With the rising use of IoT within healthcare, many organizations are concerned that there are only two opposite and competing choices for IoT and the related data, either a monolithic central consolidation of those devices and data or complete decentralized silos. What's your perspective on that? It's always the quintessential choice of should we have stayed on mainframe or is there something to this work group compute conundrum? And what's particularly interesting about that when it comes to IoT, there are so many nodes and so many edges. In the perfect world of ubiquitous connectivity and everything could be centralized, I think a lot of people would choose that, right? Because you're kind of limiting the types of situations and challenges that you can have. But in reality, we do have all of these separate islands and these separate silos of systems and data. So the one thing we have to embrace like most things in life, we have to look at things in moderation. What can we realistically centralize? And if we can't realistically centralize that, how do we use a secure, repeatable, and manageable model to not only be able to manage those end systems that are at that thin to thick edge, so either a small sensor or a compute device that's creating data, and most importantly, as that data is being created, how can I manage that data? What does managing the data entail? the securing of it at that edge, the ability to tag that data and define what that is, and even defining what it is, what types of policies and classifications need to be applied to that from how the data needs to be transported or the data needs to be expunged at a certain time period. So it's really looking at more of how do you create the right orchestrated method to manage devices, consume the data that's being created, refine that as quickly as possible, and create a centralized way to view that refined information. Not necessarily backhaul all of it, but through secure mechanisms, be able to visualize the data, the refined higher level data, and be able to leverage that for the healthcare organization or the business associated. So interesting that you drew the analogy to the mainframe versus client-server side of things. I am admittedly a long-time mainframe person, and it's funny how we're back wrestling with the same types of problems, but with newer technology. 
Well, it certainly is. And if you think back to the mainframe era, and which is still today, which is interesting, most people think that those dinosaurs wandered off into the tar pits, but in fact, they're running a lot of the most sophisticated systems today still. But interestingly enough, with the mainframe, you had computer operators, highly trained individuals that knew how to leverage that green screen, that terminal, and provide the specific functions. When we split that out into a decentralized mode, we ended up with computer users, which certainly very intelligent people, but weren't highly trained operators in, in many cases. And so that's really where we really need to start looking at the data. The computer operator knew what they were supposed to do. They had defined protocols and principles that they would use and they would align that to their job. Now, and certainly in the past, people have been a little bit more freewheeling with data with how it's created, how it's stored, how it's used. I mean, you've heard the horror stories of somebody taking medical records, exporting them to an Excel file so they could use them later and putting them on an unencrypted laptop that then walked off. These types of things happen. So what we have to think through is, why was the mainframe so secure? We had lines of demarcation, we had policies, we had controls. We can enable those same things out to that distributed edge, but we need to do it in an orchestrated, repeatable way to where we don't create islands of management as well. So, Michael, continuing down the theme of data security, within healthcare, data security obviously is the number one concern. How do the infrastructure choices or framework choices impact data security? So I think what's interesting there is many people feel that you have to choose a framework and really it's about choosing certain rule sets and guiding principles. So for example, some organizations will say, well, we're only going to use Kubernetes for deployment. Some organizations say, well, no, we use, for example, Azure IoT Edge to deploy this down to certain environments. Others choose other enterprise tool sets for that. And would you look at a framework and a methodology, the thing that I will typically talk to these organizations about is how to get more cloud native. And the reason cloud native is important is many times if you use a traditional or what's really now a legacy IT development methodology and deployment methodology is you're developing the entire app. You're then deploying the entire apps. When you do an update, you have to update the entire application, which then has all sorts of issues with data mapping, what data is no longer needed, and all of those types of things. So it sounds like if you can get there, the cloud native model is the preferred framework. Tell me more about how the cloud native model helps with management. When you adopt a cloud native model, what that does is it breaks that one large application down into microservices. So microservices can be updated, they can be deployed, you can have things spin up and spin down in a much more ornate fashion. So when we look at that type of the framework, if you want, we want to focus in on that, and there are many different types of frameworks that go underneath that, it's how do we get cloud native? How can we adopt methodologies where we can develop and deploy manage and secure these systems in a common way. So I have common deployments, even though I want, may want to use Kubernetes, and I might want to use Amazon, and I have Azure, and I'm using this fantastic Dell Technologies Cloud Foundation and all of these other amazing technologies. It's really looking at how is my data being created? What applications did I deploy that either created or manage that data? And then how can I make sure that I have the right policies and controls around that so that everybody is aware of step-by-step from development to deployment to operations to remediations and future innovation? And I think if you start taking that journey, those steps toward that, some of these things become significantly less complicated. Staying with the data theme, there's a huge amount of value locked within that data. There's a lot of insights that can be drawn from it. How do the framework choices that we're talking about impact the ability to do data analytics? 
That is a great question. I mean, Annette has so many wonderful segues from the discussion around, well, what type of models should you use to refine that data? Are we using artificial intelligence only, or can we actually incorporate machine learning into that as well? Similarly to our framework discussion, which is what type of methods are you going to choose? It's very similar to data analytics. How can I get the analytic as close to the data source, the generation point, or sometimes when you have multiple sensor types and you can't do that and they're really writing their data to a specific location, how do I get that analytic to that location? Because the key thing is time to value within analytics. How do I capture the value? How do I find the signal and the noise and be able to get that information back? And that's so important when we think about healthcare from these type of life safety devices that users or home healthcare users or telehealth and all of these other type of things that people want to be able to get closer to the patient, which means we have to get closer to the data on analytics. So we're trying to push more of these analytics towards the edge or towards the source of the data. How do you determine the methodology to analyze the data wherever it's stored? Similarly, as we discussed earlier, have a common methodology to deploy those analytics. It doesn't matter what model that it was built on, whether that's TensorFlow, DarkFlow, PyTorch, MXNet, whatever. We need to have a common way to ingest the data and refine the data as close to that source as possible so that we can get the insights and, when appropriate, securely move those insights or the refined higher level of data to a location. Because let's face it, Edge Analytics is amazing. Federated Analytics and the things that we're doing there is unbelievably compelling. But there are certain workloads that require data lakes and HPC. So we just have to be very cognizant of the methods that we're using so we can refine as quickly as possible, move data security, and have the total chain of custody of that data from the time it's created to the time it's refined and where it's transported and used for those insights so that we don't have any breaches or our breaks along the way. And that's another really important kind of the notion around data confidence that's really important when you're dealing with analytics as well. This concludes part one of our podcast. Check back for part two where Michael discusses computer vision in healthcare, how IoT is making healthcare organizations more efficient, how Dell Technologies supports customers on their healthcare IoT journey, where to find more information, and final thoughts.